get ready to groove to the bamboo beat. This segment takes us straight to the heart and soul of education, all of you. Join me, Nicole Hires, as we elevate the voices and experiences of our amazing clients, dive into teaching and learning pedagogy, and unravel the best practices for unleashing the true power of Instructure products. From heartwarming stories of student successes to innovative strategies used by educators, we are here to spark your creativity and inspire your teaching journey. So tune in, tap your feet, laugh with us, and let's explore the dynamic world of education together. Don't forget to find us on social, subscribe to the podcast, and share the wisdom with your fellow educators. Oh, and you won't want to miss the captivating discussions in the Instructure community where brilliant minds come together to share their knowledge and passion. Join the Bamboo Beat and let's celebrate the art of teaching and the heart of learning. Hello, welcome to the Canvas Casters podcast. I am Nicole Hires, your guest host for this episode, and I'm so glad you're here, where we discuss all things education, K-12, higher ed, students, teachers, admins, and patrons. We talk instructional learning platform and dive into the humanness of education, adding in some fun guests and surprise co-hosts. We have an exciting episode ahead of us as we talk about our Canvas course evaluation checklist, its history, its current impact, and its future. We are so excited to share with you all the things and to give you a sneak peek into our intentions. I am so excited to have some very incredible people here with me today to talk about how to make your online learning experiences more impactful. I'd love to introduce you to my very dear friend, Dion Johnson. Dion, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Nicole, thanks for that great introduction. Yes, my name's Dion Johnson, and I've been an instructor a little over 10 years, which feels like a little bit of a milestone for anybody that's been an instructor that long. I started out as a contractor, and I evolved into doing instructional design work, managed a team of consultants, managed the instructional design team, and most recently, I'm the director of people and culture. So I'm responsible for employee engagement and also the internal development of our employees. I know you asked us to share something kind of fun. And so my share on that will be that uh, last month, I was in Nepal leading a humanitarian expedition. And if you have heard Dion speak or you know anything about Dion, you know that that's so fitting. She's one of the most compassionate people I know. So uh, she is such a pleasure to work with. And I'm so glad that you're here today, Dion. Thanks, Nicole. So now I get to introduce you to another incredible human being, our very own Lindsay Martin. Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about you? I'm Lindsay Martin. I'm the Principal Program and Curriculum Designer at Instructure, and I am the opposite of Deanna. I've been here less than a year, coming up on a year, and I have more than 10 years writing curriculum for fully online or blended learning environments. I've been teaching and writing since 2011, at least online, and then even more for writing in person, and I've been in education for 20 years total. And the way that I release my stress when I'm too focused and spend too much time worrying about things is I like to do powerlifting. I love that. And I am the opposite of you. The way I relieve my stress is by doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But 
Lindsay, Lindsay's been only here for, like she said, less than a year, and she's made such an impact on our organization already. And so I'm really excited for you guys to hear from her because she has a lot to offer in the ways of curriculum development and just all the work that we've done here today in our podcast. So another very good friend of mine is here, uh, Miranda. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Hey, I am Miranda. I am one of our managers in our learning services team. I started out my career in education by teaching middle school science. And during that time, I found a passion for all things ed tech and creating courses. I've been here at Instructure for right in the middle of Lindsay and Dion at four and a half years. Um, and I absolutely love Instructure. I love the impact that we get to make. And I have found my home in instructional design. I love getting to create courses and making them consistent across institutions so that students have a great learning experience. And Miranda is such a pleasure to work with. We work in a lot of different committees together. Um, Miranda's so fun. She's just got this calming energy that uh, is just so peaceful and just transcends all stressful situations. So it's really such a pleasure to work with her. And I really do feel like this is like such a good group of people here because <laughs> I have another sweet friend to introduce you all to, Brittany Jeans. Brittany, what should the listeners know about you? Uh, hi, I'm Brittany Jeans. Um, I am a principal instructional designer uh, on the instructional design team for the multi-client team at Instructure. And I have been with the company for almost two years. Uh, I have a background in K-12 as well. I was in a high school mathematics. I was in ed tech for several years before I joined the Instructure team. But I have had the privilege of working under Dion and under Miranda and with Lindsay and Nicole. You all are absolutely amazing. And I have enjoyed every second of it. I uh, have two little kids that I chase after on my in all my free time. Um, <laughs> and so they keep me on my toes as well. But it's super fun. So I enjoy every second of it. Brittany and I joke all the time that if we were just like neighbors, it, we would literally never leave each other's sides. Our kids are so similar and we are very similar. So it really just is such a joy to be around Brittany. Um, I love working with her. You'll know why after you hear a little bit more about what she offers. This episode's super special to me because this course evaluation checklist helps fill gaps that as a teacher, I really didn't know existed in online education. So I really wanna just jump right in so Dion, would you share some of the background history behind the course evaluation checklist and the intention of this awesome resource? Yeah, it's really tender actually for me to think back to where I was sitting, which was at the school district office in Broward County Public School. And my manager and her manager had flown out to see how things were going in Broward County. And I had had this idea percolating in my mind for a little while that it would be so helpful if there was a checklist that teachers knew, just some big bucket. What are the big buckets of things we should be looking at? I also had this little lingering, like if I bring this up, I feel like I know what her response is going to be. And sure enough, Shauna said, that's a great idea. You should do that. But it was really fortunate that she paired me up with two amazing friends, Lily Phillips and Erin Keith. And the three of us kind of took this on as a pet project and created a checklist based on what we knew at the time. It was probably about a year or so later, 
I remember that there was a team of people at CanvasCon Barcelona, slightly jealous because I actually wanted to be there with them. But instead, I got this email that said, hey, by the way, somebody compared the course evaluation checklist, the Canvas course evaluation checklist with Quality Matters and some other super well-researched criteria and resources that were out there. And I remember initially feeling a little bit like, this was just a labor of love. Like we were just trying to help teachers know big buckets of what to fill. But then I stepped back and I realized that there was some super valuable feedback that was provided to us, ways that we could enhance and make this even better. And so I took an opportunity to reach out to the author and some other people that were on that article that had written the article and had a meeting with them. And that's why we have version two. I love that. So we talked about how the checklist fills gaps in online education. What were some of the original gaps you noticed in online course design that the checklist has helped to support? I think there were so many. Students ultimately want to know what do they need to do to be successful in the course, right? So sometimes there wasn't even an outline of the grading or how much are your assignments or how much are your quizzes or a final project. A lot of times the homepage was not welcoming or inviting. I would always relate to if you're teaching fourth grade and you want a certain feeling in your room, you need to have your bulletin boards be created that way. The same thing is true with a homepage for an online course. I loved when I met with, her name was Sally, when I met with her, she talked about the student-to-student interaction and analyzing the course from that lens or the student-to-content. What does it look like from there? Student-to-teacher. And just being very mindful of here's some big buckets that you can review and how are you going to make them better? I also love that the course evaluation checklist I mean, I haven't counted them up. There's probably like close to 25 or 30 different line items, but I love that it's like, here are the 10 foundational, the things that you, if you're just getting started, these are the things that you should look at. And then it's also scaled beyond that. So if you've mastered or you've made a really good attempt at those 10 10 foundational items, then the next level, look at the one star. And those are the ones that you could look at next. And then what are the two-star ones? Those are going to be your best practices. And then if you've, I wouldn't even say mastered, but if you've at least addressed those and factored those into your online course, then look at those that have three-star to get your course to the exemplary status. Awesome. So I'd love to hear about the effect that this has had on your own personal course design. It's really such an honor to be able to create courses in conjunction with Kimberly for all of our instructor employees. Realizing that now that we're starting to use Canvas as our own LMS, people are getting really good exposure and experience into Canvas as an LMS and some of our other products like Studio or Catalog or Impact. Looking at all of our courses for our internal employees and knowing that as they experience well-designed courses, that knowledge, it's almost like osmosis. They're Not that they're sleeping on their computer and getting courses, you know, as they're sleeping at night, but a CSM, they're going to experience a well-designed course, and then they're going to be able to influence and impact their clients. Or if you're an L1 and you're on the phones, they're going to see Canvas in action and some of those well-designed courses and hopefully be able to elevate the people that they're interacting with. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you, you talked about not just the impact that this has had on 
the external, you know, stakeholders here, but also our company as a whole on how now you get to take this course evaluation checklist and apply it to the impact you're making here at Instructure. So that's super inspiring. I will say the impact the course evaluation checklist 2.0 has had on the community has been inspiring. The community blog post alone, I just checked it, has had over 100,000 views at the time of recording this episode and counting. So um, when we were originally writing this up, I think we were at like 98,000 or something like that. And it has climbed 2,000 views, plus 2,000 views since we have started brainstorming this episode. And that impact is just absolutely incredible. And the reason we have Brittany here today is because she's used the Canvas course evaluation checklist quite extensively. So we would love to hear about your experience using it, Brittany. How has this changed the way you approach course design? Absolutely. So I actually used a checklist prior to coming to Instructure, but you know, now being on this team and a part of the instructional design team, uh, multi-client team, we use the course evaluation checklist in, in everything we do. It's at the core of every single design decision we make. Um, you know, as we build out courses for clients, we want to ensure that all of the criteria of the course evaluation checklist is met. Um, and for me, some of the strongest criteria are in that module design, the layout of naming conventions. Um, we mentioned incorporation of UDL with various activities and assignments for student demonstrations of learning, um, and then accessibility. And accessibility alone is such an important aspect for our ID team. You know, we want to ensure that all learners can access content to have opportunities and experiences that they need to be successful in their learning. And the checklist serves as just such an excellent rubric to ensure that all learners will have that same um, experience and that same access. So um, that is why, you know, we, we really rely on it heavily in all of our design decisions. Hey, I love that you hinted on the equitable piece. You know, if we are all using the same rubric, then all the courses are going to be equitable, right? Because there would be no other way to do it. So I know you work with a lot of clients completing course evaluations using this very checklist. So can you tell us about some of the positive feedback you've heard as you've used this checklist in your Canvas course evaluations? Definitely. Yeah. So we have a lot of clients that, you know, have taken the, the checklist and made copies of it as we provided the, the copy link um, in the blog post in the community. A lot of our clients will modify it into their own versions, um, which is really awesome to see because that's that's them taking ownership of that material. But as a service, you know, as learning services team, we also sell course reviews. And when clients choose to purchase the service, they can choose to use their own evaluation rubric if they have one, or they can choose to use our course evaluation checklist. And honestly, most of the time, they want to use our checklist because they know it's validated and it's rooted in a lot of those principles that Dion had mentioned. So after um, we do evaluations on those courses, we offer consultations and we go through the evaluation um, and feedback uh, with our clients. And everything we, we hear from them is so great. It's so positive. They've greatly appreciated all of the insights into our ID best practices that we share as we review each of the courses with them. And so many of our clients continue to purchase these services over and over again to have us review these courses you know, each semester, or each year, and every time they request we use the evaluation rubric. So it's, I it's love really hearing that. I really do. I love hearing that there's such a positive experience and that it keeps people coming back, you know, that that's, that is something that is valued and that our clients are seeing that as 
a service that we offer, not just, you know, on the surface, but it really goes deeply into the rooted principles of instructional design. And I know like not everything's perfect, right? So what are some of the constructive feedback that you've received regarding the checklist? I think we all know kind of in the last few years, um, the way online courses have built has been changed. And so one thing that's come up, especially in the last year or so is, you know, in doing these course reviews, there was a lot of times that courses would score well on the surface on the, the evaluation rubric, but there was just something about the course that was lacking from a content standpoint. And it was really hard to kind of identify at first. So just because, you know, the course didn't have any accessibility issues or they had, you know, a beautiful homepage, it didn't mean that they were a quality course. And so we saw and heard a lot um, from teachers that were used to having like lots of Canvas courses as more of supplemental resources to their in-person um, lesson. But from a instructional design standpoint, when we would when we build out courses, you know, we want it to be really well designed, no matter how that course is going to be taught, whether it's face-to-face, -face, whether it's a fully online classroom, or whether it's blended. Good course design is good course design no matter the format. We saw some pieces being, uh, or some holes being formed in some of those content areas. And that's where we started to recognize and begin asking ourselves, what areas can we pinpoint so that we can help and support our clients to fill those uh, gaps and to help them better understand how to build and recognize quality online courses. I love that. And I love that you said good course design is good course design. Like It just is, right? <laughs> that is the definition. <laughs> So we know that best practices are constantly changing and our work here at Instructure is ever evolving. What I love most about working here is that we don't all just sit on feedback. You know, as you heard from Dion, we took the feedback that we got and then there was movement and there was change. Our company has recently started supporting curriculum development. Miranda, I would love to hear what impact this had on the way we approach the Canvas course evaluation process. Yeah, so we have in Curriculum Services been working on building courses for just over a year and a half. And between reflecting on our own course builds, along with having those conversations that Brittany mentioned, we realized that there were some gaps in the 2.0 that we wanted to fill and support around the content in the courses. And so in some discussions with Lindsay, we found that we wanted to build a resource that supported institutions that are building their full content builds in Canvas to ensure that they're building quality courses so that students have an experience and are getting all of the content they need directly out of their course. I love that. So Lindsay, can you maybe walk us through some of that revision process? Like what did it look like to identify the pain points and then turn them around into what is coming out soon? So well, Brittany said, good course design is good course design regardless of what's inside the course. And even though at Canvas and at Instructure, we sell products that are intentional for online learning, the best design makes the technology fade into the background and learners can just do what they do and feel comfortable every step of the way. So Brittany had found that that was a problem and all of the instructional designers also found that because only time I'm gonna mention it, post pandemic, we saw a lot of courses go fully online and teachers were not quite sure how to translate what they did in the classroom to a fully online environment. So this was a problem that was deeper than instructional design. And it was the content and the curriculum that needed more specific guidelines. 
So we took that information and I met with a number of the instructional designers and considered some important changes in the learning landscape in the past couple of years. I love that. And I know that we've talked a little bit about there, like the difference between a face-to-face -face model versus and fully online versus maybe a hybrid model, right? How would you say a Canvas course evaluation differs from your own analysis of face-to-face -face lessons? And then what are some things educators should consider that may look different in each of those models? Yeah, um, one of the most important differences between online and face-to-face -face teaching is that ability to see and read your student body language. And I don't think a lot of in-person teachers really realize how much they rely on that because it's just second nature to them. But it is really important. And when students don't understand everything you're giving them online, you need to make that more robust. You need to flesh it out and make sure you're addressing all of their concerns before they begin something. That way they end up giving the learning outcome that you're wanting them to get to, which is through those standards. We've also seen a lot more English language learners come online in the past couple of years. And so as a result, we're able to build in more supports for them. And along those same lines, adjusting to reading abilities, the majority of the people in the United States read on a seventh, eighth grade level, which is about 13 or 14 years old. As teachers, as instructors, we have higher education. And so for us, regular vocabulary may not be on that level. And so we need to be aware of that and be more productive in making that on a level that students can learn at and accept more quickly. And of course, not every online co course involves instructor and learner interaction, but for those that do, a really well-constructed online course at a higher level can help instructors focus on making connections with students by providing more instructor supports for them. I love that. And I love, again, the hint at maybe not a hint, maybe it's not very subtle, right? But the very clear expectation that we're putting on equity and for all learners to be able to access the content in a manner that suits their needs. And so that UDL perspective is, is really shining through in everything that you guys are mentioning today. So as we look towards the next school year and as teachers prepare, how do you think that the... Canvas course evaluation checklist makes online course development more achievable for maybe the overworked teachers. I don't know about you, but I wasn't one of those teachers. Of course not. <laughs> but this question's for anyone. So how do you think that it can support our burnt out members of society? You know that one of the things we've seen in the past couple of years is that teachers don't want to teach a cookie cutter course, but by providing them a curriculum and content ahead of time, it actually gives those instructors more time to make valuable connections with their students. And in the new checklist, we have that piece instructor supports that I sort of briefly mentioned that gives things like answer keys and ideas for synchronous sessions and even warnings on potentially sticky issues in the course materials. So that really helps the instructors have more time to make those connections with the students and not be concerned with making lesson plans, but actually focus on the students. I love that. I agree. I feel like when I was in the classroom, being able to take something that was given to me and transform it into something that was my own was a lot easier and more manageable than starting from ground zero. And so I feel like you're providing the supports and providing that scaffolding for teachers to be able to then take 
that content and make it fabulous rather than overworking and spending 80 hours a week on lesson planning. So I love that so much. Nicole, I also think that does a really great job of providing consistency, right? So whether you're a third grader or a sixth grader with teacher A, B, or C, like your students are going to have a more consistent experience. And if you're doing that for your curriculum throughout your entire school, then students are going to be more focused on the content and not how is this teacher using an Canvas as an LMS. Yeah, I love that. It, it takes away that extra cognitive decision of what am I supposed to do here? Because they already know what to expect. Everything's the formatting's the same, the layout's very similar, the curriculum scaffolds in the same way. And so it reduces that need for learners to really think through what do I have to do? And rather, like Lindsay said earlier, eliminates all the other barriers and really highlights what's important. And I love that so much. So I would love to hear where listeners can find the newest Canvas Course Evaluation Checklist 3.0. And I think we've mentioned it a little bit, but what are the biggest differences between these two versions? So listeners can find the new version available in the community along with the existing 2.0 version. So there's a new blog post that has been posted and it includes a link to the new 3.0 version, as well as it does refer back to the 2.0 version if any of the users wanna to continue to use that one. They'll both link back and forth to each other. And the biggest difference is that the 3.0 version really targets content and curriculum so that users can really build that quality of their content in their courses. And we will definitely link both in the description of this episode. So you won't have to go far to find them, but we'll link both the Canvas Course Evaluation Checklist Community Blog Post 2.0 and the 3.0 blog post as well. So you can access those and you won't have to go too far. So thank you so, so, so much to our special guests, Dion, Miranda, Lindsay, and Brittany. And thank you all for joining this week's episode. I really appreciate this discussion and being able to connect with you all. It, it always is a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so excited to keep bringing you new content. Remember to follow, like, comment, review, and share Canvas Casters on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, wherever you stream your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of InstructureCast. We're grateful to have you as part of our vibrant community of teachers, educators, administrators, and education enthusiasts. Don't forget to find us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and share the ed love with your fellow educators. Together, we'll keep igniting that spark of inspiration, celebrating the art of teaching, and embracing the heart and soul of learning. And remember, the Instructure community is the heartbeat of our adventure, where more amazing content, valuable advice, and lively discussions await you with like-minded individuals who share your passion for education. As we wrap up this episode, we hope you're inspired to keep grooving, learning, and making a difference in the lives of your students and peers. We're so excited to hear about your new adventures. Make sure to take us with you.